The following program is intended for mature audiences. Welcome to Rudy's Revelation. Finding revelation in the news and meaning in media. It's Sunday, January 31st, 2020. Today I'll be talking back to the Sunday Talking Heads on CBS Face the Nation, where CBS News foreign correspondent Rami Innocencio airs more propaganda from the Chinese Communist Party as the WHO visits the Wuhan wet market searching for the origins of the epidemic. Also be checking in on the Sunday morning propaganda at our former favorite feel-good feature news program, CBS Sunday Morning, where correspondent David Pogue breaks down the GameStop trading controversy and examines the anti-Wall Street culture that has prompted calls to revise stock trading rules. Also be tearing into the Sunday New York Times, showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts to mislead the public. And of course, we'll be going over the weekend headlines all in the next 30 minutes. But first, I'll be taking you back to school, giving you some historical context to frame this week's news narrative. We're going to get right into the word of the day is counter-coup. A coup d'etat to overthrow or alter a government that was established by an earlier coup d'etat. The Capitol incident and the subsequent rounding of the Capitol with troops and barbed wire fences is a way to prevent the counter-coup. Now, a coup isn't always conducted by military means. It is often conducted in a nonviolent way, as this past one was done through fraud. And I want to get into the CIA and nonviolent resistance. Now, this is from a blog from Ronald Thomas West, that one important aspect of the diversity of tactics debate, whether to be exclusively nonviolent in the Occupy movement, relates to mounting evidence of the role CIA and the Pentagon-funded foundations and think tanks play in funding and promoting nonviolent resistance training. The two major U.S. foundations promoting nonviolence, both overseas and domestically, are the Albert Einstein Institute, or the AEI, and the International Center for Nonviolent Conflict. Both receive major corporate and government funding. The latter comes mainly through the CIA pass-through foundations while the ICNC is funded mainly by the private fortune of hedge fund multi-billionaire Michael Milken's second-in-command, Peter Ackerman. The AIE has received funding from RAND Corporation and the Department of Defense, as well as various CIA-linked foundations, such as the National Endowment for Democracy, the International Republican Institute, the U.S. Institute of Peace, and the Ford Foundation. 
which all have a long history of collaborating with the Pentagon, the State Department, and the CIA in destabilizing governments unfriendly to U.S. interests. Now, that's just kind of an overview of what I want to get into is the nonviolent resistance and particularly the International Center for Nonviolent Conflict. Now, a couple names you have to uh, get to know to understand these is one is Gene Sharp, and the other one, which was mentioned previously, is Peter Ackerman. Now, in this research paper by Philip Nock, Gene Sharp, Nonviolent Action in the Rose Revolution on the Confusion of Political and Scholarly Success, in an academic research on resistance to protest, is at the moment impossible to read or write anything without finding it or making a reference to the ideas of political scientist Gene Sharp. The importance attributed to Gene Sharp is usually justified by the fact that the theoretical considerations have triggered such resonance in the field of political science over the past 20 years, not only in relation to the Arab Spring, is Gene Sharp referenced as an inspiration for modern revolutionaries worldwide, also during the color revolutions in Eastern Europe, including the Rose Revolution in Georgia, where the approaches of Clausewitz of nonviolent warfare, classified as a source of inspiration for the actions of protesters. He goes on to say he will start by presenting theoretical concepts of Gene Sharp and then describe how these were applied in the Rose Revolution. Now, this is an article from ResearchGate from Philip Nock from Phillips University of Marburg. So we go to the International Center of Nonviolent Conflict where it outlines the staff of Hardy Merriman, President and CNO, and Peter Ackerman, Founding Chair. Now, you want to concentrate on Peter Ackerman. He is the guy, along with Twitter, that helped organize, uh, along with the Pentagon, obviously, the Arab Spring. Waging nonviolence, people-powered news and analysis. Max Boot praises Gene Sharp and Peter Ackerman. So this is by Eric Stoner. I wonder how Boot reconciles his appreciation for the power of nonviolence to unseat dictators with his support for the Iraq war, which has led to such incredible suffering and death. I suppose he would argue that Saddam Hussein was a unique case where nonviolence would not have worked. Nonviolence movements, however, have brought down so many dictators around the world in recent decades that there is no reason why Saddam Hussein should be considered an exception. Even academic studies, like why civil resistance works, are beginning to demonstrate from a pure pragmatic perspective with extensive evidence and hundreds of case studies over the last century that nonviolent action is simply far more effective than using violence in political struggle. And this is from the New Republic, the godfather of Middle Eastern protest. With a sudden success or nonviolent revolution in Europe, Tension has been turned to the seemingly ubiquitous influence of Peter Ackerman, a former investment banker who became something of an intellectual godfather to the Middle East protest movements. His group, the International Center for Nonviolent Conflict, produced instructional videos for leaders of nonviolent revolutions, held conferences where would-be revolutionaries could meet and swap tactics, and even finance a video game meant to help organize his plan and practice grassroots uprisings. The State Department has begun paying attention to Ackerman for good reason. This is in 2005. His tactics are suited for 
current political climate. Now, the reason I bring all this up is they are people behind the scenes organizing nonviolent conflict. And what was done in the color revolutions and what was done in the Arab Spring is being repackaged and reformatted uh, for things going on in America. See, what they're trying to do is hijack this upsurge in populism. And you can't stop the populists, obviously, being at odds with the elite. So we're going to go into our reading recommendation for the week. And the book is by Peter Ackerman and Jack Duvall, A Force More Powerful, A Century of Nonviolent Conflict. The nationally acclaimed book shows how popular movements use nonviolent action to overthrow dictators, obstruct military invaders, and secure human rights in country after country over the past century. Peter Ackerman and Jack Duvall depict how nonviolent sanctions, such as protests, strikes, and boycotts, sep separate brutal regimes from their means of control. So, you have to understand is that these things like Black Lives Matter that come across as, oh, they're grassroots, they're grassroots. They are not grassroots. If there seems to be a great deal of organization behind a movement, that means there is. We're going to go right over the headlines. We've got a few to go through. It's been a crazy week. Crazy week with all that's going on with GameStop, the populist uprising in finance taking on the hedge funds. Our first article is from Forbes, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the highest paid employee in the entire U.S. federal government. How much does he get paid? $417,608 in 2019. From the Wall Street Journal, new coronavirus variants complicate the battle against the pandemic. Mutations may delay a return to normal as faster spreading strains could make people sicker or render vaccines less effective. Who saw this coming? From Reuters, crazy and evil, Bill Gates is surprised by pandemic conspiracies. Microsoft co-founder turned philanthropist Bill Gates says he has been taken aback by the volume of crazy and evil conspiracy theories about him spreading on social media during the COVID-19 pandemic. Maybe because he was involved in wargaming this whole scenario three months before it happened. How is that even possible? Then we get on to the big news. GameStop mania goes global as retail traders gang up on shorts. Again from uh, Bloomberg, Robinhood users are furious over its stock trading clampdown. So basically what happened, if people don't know, um, a bunch of retail investors got together on a Reddit forum called Wall Street Bets, over 2 million of them, and they went against a short that was being conducted by some hedge funds. It's called uh, Squeezing the Short, and they cost one hedge fund in particular nearly $2 billion dollars. So, hooray for the little guy. Hooray for populism. And you thought no swabs were bad. China begins using anal swabs to test for COVID in Beijing because they are much more accurate. This is from the Daily Mail. 
Um, I just think that China's <laughs> China's trying to see exactly uh, what we're going to put up with. Because you have to admit that, uh, I mean, putting together anal swabs for for COVID is just, it, it's way out there. Who's going to put up with that? Going on to the next headline by CBS News, officer resigns as Army investigates her involvement in the Washington rally that led to the U.S. Capitol riot. This is from CBS News. Now get this. A psychological operations officer who the Army is investigating for leading a group of people from North Carolina to the rally in Washington that led up to the deadly riot in the U.S. Capitol had already resigned her commission. CBS News correspondent David Martin reports Commanders at Fort Bragg said they were reviewing Captain Emily Rainey's involvement in last week's events in the nation's capital, but she said she acted within military regulations and that no one in her group broke the law. I was a private citizen and doing everything right and within my rights. Um, But they're missing the fact here is that there was a person, an Army officer involved in psychological operations at the rally. And that's what is, in fact, concerning. This is from CBS2, KCAL, CBS Los Angeles. 60-year-old father dies after receiving second dose of Pfizer vaccine. Big surprise there. And I don't know why Bill Gates was worried about evil conspiracy theories. This is from Reuters. China sharpens language, warns Taiwan that independence means war. The things are heating up for the Biden administration as China is looking to expand their influence. From 60 Minutes, U.S. intelligence officials say Chinese government is collecting Americans' DNA. 60 Minutes has learned that Chinese company BGI Group, the largest biotech firm in the world, offered to build COVID labs in at least six states and U.S. intelligence officials warned not to share health data with BGI. From Reuters, Taiwan says Chinese fighters, U.S. aircraft, both entered defense zone. And this I found weird. This is from the Daily Mail. The origin of AIDS revealed. First person ever affected with HIV was a starving World War I soldier who caught the virus in Cameroon while hunting chimps. It seems like people might be getting to the bottom of where the origins are for these strange viruses, including the AIDS virus and now, of course, the novel coronavirus. So for some reason now, they're just saying, well, AIDS, yeah, AIDS came from the jungle. It's from monkeys. It's not from a U.S. laboratory. CNBC, GameStop mayhem hits close to home for co-founder's son who's active on Wall Street bets. So the co-founder's son is active on Wall Street bets. So maybe now you realize how people... uh, started to coalesce behind this GameStop squeeze. Marjorie Taylor Greene touts Trump call amid growing backlash. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a new congressperson from Georgia, 
and she is a Trump loyalist, and she defends Trump, and but she's facing bipartisan criticism over past social media posts. I had a great call with my all-time favorite POTUS, President Trump. So grateful to support, you know, and there's nothing strange, 100% loyal to him because he's 100% loyal to the people of America first. Not, I mean, and they make such, uh, they're making hay about this this tweet. That's not, she's loyal to the president who was loyal to the United States. Um, and so they make that a big deal. From the Daily Mail again, mysterious French blogger who made $500,000 Bitcoin donation to Capital Rioters booked into a luxury Paris hotel room and killed himself with a drug overdose. Um, I don't think he committed suicide. He was probably suicided, um, especially if it had anything to do with a Capital Riot. It's from the Los Angeles Times. Dodger Stadium COVID-19 vaccination site temporarily shut down after protesters gather at entrance. From PJ Media, government agent who altered email, enabled the Russia hoax, won't spend a day in jail or pay any fine. So basically people have heard this. The FBI lawyer who doctored the application for the FISA warrant Kevin Kleinsmith was sentenced to 12 months probation and 400 hours of community service after pleading guilty to making a false statement. So basically, he he is the one, he's the fall guy, obviously, it wasn't really him, that enabled the Russia hoax to continue and for the investigation into a sitting president to go forth doesn't spend any time in jail. There is the insurrection, there is the treason, in a matter of fact. From Forbes, those bombers sent toward Taiwan, they were a dress rehearsal for war. This is an article by David Axe. Three days after President Joe Biden took office, the Chinese People's Liberation Army Air Force sortied a powerful formation of new H-6K bombers toward Taiwan. This is from earlier in the week. Twitter permanently bans my pillow CEO. This is an article from AP. Mike Lendell, CEO of MyPillow, had his account permanently suspended, perpetuating the baseless claim that Donald Trump won the 2020 U.S. presidential election. They always have to put baseless in there. It's a mischaracterization. There is a basis for that claim, but they say baseless anyway. That's how you know it's propaganda, because they use the mischaracterization to taint the claim. Sir Mediaite Rupert Murdoch condemns awful woke orthodoxy and social media censorship in speech. So we're going to tear right into the New York Times really quickly. They have two pages on the vaccine. What to expect when it's time to roll up your sleeve, getting the vaccine, vaccination day, media concerns, safety and side effects, understanding the vaccine, children in schools. The vaccine is very safe. Fertility and pregnancy after vaccination. If I've been vaccinated, do I still have to wear a mask? Once you're fully vaccinated, you'll still need to wear a mask. (laughs) What's the point then? 
Going into our first story, everything's a joke until it's not. Reddit community grows powerful in plain sight. Why do they keep taking the world by surprise? This is an article by John Herman. Read this as a little voice in your head. Tell it, does it sound familiar? Is this for real? It's not going to run out of steam. It can't just keep going like this. How is it even happening? What comes to mind? Maybe a recent event in politics or perhaps a political particular politician, a conspiracy theory that was treated as a punchline, then a nuisance, then a crisis. Maybe it's something sillier. A whole new digital currency named after a meme. Perhaps there's a voice in your head that really doesn't want to say, why not? Let's see where this goes. Of course, uh, underestimating the populist movement and anybody else who's not part of the elite somehow is a friggin' idiot. The misfits shaking Wall Street. They are young, they are fearless, and they are forcing everyone to pay attention. So, article by Taylor Lorenz and Mike Isaac. And it goes into these young people who were on the Reddit forum, Wall Street Bets, and the people uh, on the internet that are taking on the big investors. China to stop recognizing special UK passports for Hong Kongers. The move was in retaliation for Britain's offer to grant potentially millions of Hong Kong residents a path to citizenship amid Beijing's crackdown on the city. Article by Vivian Wang. China announced on Friday that it would no longer recognize certain British travel documents in retaliation for Britain's decision last year to grant potentially millions of Hong Kong residents visas and eventually a path to citizenship. The announcement came hours after Britain declared a formal start date for its new visa program was the latest escalation of tensions between the two countries over the fate of Hong Kong, a former British colony that returned to Chinese control in 1997. So they actually, they jumped the gun, they jumped the gun there uh, going into Hong Kong, and it was mostly because of the protests, and you wonder why this virus showed up right on time, not only to punish the United States and the West, but also to publish the Hong Kong protesters, which have been protesting for a year. Like wartime, Canadian companies unite to start mass virus testing. I told you this was coming. Consortium of some of the Canada's largest companies, representing 350,000 employees nationwide, has launched a rapid testing program aimed at reopening the country's economy. As frustration mounts in Canada at the leaden weight of lockdowns and the glacial pace of vaccinations, consortium of some of the country's largest companies have launched a rapid testing program for the aim of protecting their 350,000 employees and publishing a playbook for businesses across Canada on how to reopen safely. Again, it's with the testing you'll see, and pretty soon it'll require an anal swab. How Trump's focus on Antifa distracted attention from the far-right threat. Federal law enforcement shifted resources last year in response to Donald Trump's insistence that the radical left endangered the country. Meanwhile, right-wing extremism was building ominously. Not true. Again, it wasn't entirely Antifa, but there were Antifa, Black Lives Matter, particularly John Sullivan, was right filming the shooting of Ashley Babbitt and that he was there with several others that were doing most of the breaking and entering. That was followed by a lot of Trump supporters who entered the Capitol after. But most of the damage done in the initial stages of the breach 
were done by Antifa. So it's not, it's not, everybody can plainly see that there have been plenty of protests and gatherings of Trump supporters with little violence to show for it. This obviously was undermined on January 6th when uh, others like Antifa and other provocateurs and instigators were there to uh, cause trouble. So we always end up in the Sunday Review, which is the, uh, the op-ed section, opinion pieces and editorials from the week, and the one we're concentrating on is the coup we are not talking about. We can have democracy or we can have surveillance society, but we have, cannot have both. By Shoshana Zuboff, a professor emeritus at Harvard Business School and the author of Age of Surveillance Capitalism. Um, she goes into how you can't have democracy when uh, the population is being surveilled. Well, that's, that's true, but you're confusing democracy as the ballot. You're somehow confusing a free republic with democracy, and you can't have a free republic if uh, the citizenry is being spied on by the state. And it doesn't have anything to do with democracy. She goes into it a little bit here, but you can still cast a ballot if you're being spied on. Those are two different things. And the other opinion piece is the real meaning of hillbilly. It's Al Abby Lee Hood, and she. I left my hometown because I felt alienated from its conservative values. Turns out many in my community had forgotten our progressive roots, and she goes off of this left-wing diatribe um, that uh, she grew up in a redneck community, and um, you know how she was a redneck, but she's not a conservative. So it's just an effort to try to turn uh, uh, rural conservatives into progressives by saying it's okay, you could be... But she doesn't really go into how being a conservative means you don't want to have big government and have that government spending and borrowing money like crazy. So we're going to leave you with the talking heads, and we're going to start out... Um, by looking at the report by Rami Innocencio on China and how they're looking for the origin of the virus. Beijing has pressed an anywhere but China origin story. In state propaganda, only the positive is told. From a new patriotic documentary for the nation, that praises China's president, Xi Jinping, for victory over the virus. And it is a reality. <laughs> Wuhan's winter swimmers have returned to the Yangtze River. Dancers to their parks, friends to their favorite snack shops. Still looking for answers about COVID, now living almost as if it never happened. Scientists believe bats brought COVID to humans. <laughs> The WHO is looking for the how. Almost as if it never happened. This is Wuhan's famous, some would say infamous, Institute of Virology. Some believe COVID leaked from here. The Institute says that it's open to any kind of visit. 
the international community is skeptical. China has been accused of repeatedly blocking access. Beijing has pressed an anywhere but China origin story. The Biden administration says Chinese officials are spreading misinformation. We are seeing the data and looking at the evidence together with our counterparts in China. We spoke with Wuhan natives who blame the government. In state propaganda, only the positive is told that praises China's president, Xi Jinping, for victory over the virus. And it is a reality, now living almost as if it never happened. And that's it. Chinese propaganda on national television in the United States. Thanks, CBS. And then I'm going to leave you with David Pogue's report on, of course, he explains that the GameStop controversy is not a populist financial struggle against the titans of Wall Street, but it's somehow some sort of wrong thing. Something to do with GameStop? Harness the power of the dumb money. Dumb money? This is called shorting a stock. Allow me to present the explanation. And we're just a bunch of know-nothings amateurs. You know the formula for making money in the stock market, right? Behind closed doors, they call the retail investors the dumb money. The dumb money. Something truly whacked out going on in the stock market. (laughs) Something to do with GameStop. The dumb money. For no discernible business reason, (laughs) its stock shot up hundreds of percent in a matter of days. You know the formula for making money in the stock market, right? The dumb money. This is called shorting a stock. It's a little complicated. The dumb money. Wall Street doesn't like GameStop much. Jamie Rogozinski started Wall Street Bets, a forum on Reddit.com, in 2012. It's a place where amateur investors talk about quick stock bets. They tend to be snarky, funny, a little reckless. So last week, a funny thing happened. These amateur investors on Wall Street bets the dumb money. began to buy up GameStop stock, driving its price up. Behind closed doors, they call the retail investors the dumb money. The dumb money. And they call the institutions, the hedge funds, the private equity people. That was the smart money. Harness the power of the dumb money to go up against the smart money. Pretty soon, some of the Reddit investors had made millions on paper, and the hedge funds were in desperate trouble. One of them, Melvin Capital, had to borrow almost $3 billion to cover its GameStop short. The little guy, dumb money, had beaten the fat cats. And we're just a bunch of know-nothings amateurs. Dumb money. Something similar is going on with other lame duck companies, like... AMC, the movie chain, and BlackBerry. The SEC is investigating. There is fear and there is greed. Allow me to present the explanation. For no discernible business reason. And we're just a bunch of know-nothings, amateurs. Dumb money. 
Pretty soon, some of the Reddit investors had made millions on paper, and the hedge funds were in desperate trouble. Dumb money. That's it for us. Who's the dummy now? Rudy's Revelation. Sunday night. Check us out. Facebook and Twitter.